This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Ingersoll Tillage, specializing in seedbed solutions. Whatever seedbed challenges you have, Ingersoll can give you the right tools to get the job done. For more information, visit IngersollTillage.com. I'm Managing Editor Kim Schmidt. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. President Donald Trump made waves in the ag equipment industry earlier this month when he announced tariffs on steel and aluminum imports in an effort to jumpstart U.S. industry and protect national security. The tariffs are set to take effect March 23rd. A lot of the talk since the news of the tariff broke on March 2nd was that Trump was aiming the tariff at China. A Reuters report says China accounts for just 2% of U.S. steel imports and it doesn't even make the list for top 10 sources of imported steel. Dennis Slater, president of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, says steel accounts for roughly 10% of equipment manufacturers' direct costs. The tariff will put U.S. equipment manufacturers at a competitive disadvantage, he says. According to Slater, the price of steel has already risen in anticipation of the administration's actions, and a 25% tariff will only further erode the progress manufacturers have made over the past year, he says. Many in the ag industry feel retaliatory tariffs being placed on U.S. ag exports, particularly soybeans. The American Soybean Association says retaliation by China could be devastating to U.S. soy growers. Dr. Jason Grant, associate professor with Virginia Tech's Department of Agricultural and Applied Economics, says there are a number of U.S. products that other countries have suggested they'd impose retaliatory tariffs on. If you look in history, I mean, under, under Obama in 2009, when we taxed tires at 25 to 35% um, uh, imports, we were faced with duties ranging up to 100% on poultry products. And poultry has, you'd, you know, you'd often wonder, what, what does poultry have to do with vehicle tires? Uh, well, that's, you know, that's where countries typically choose to retaliate. They look at where we have enjoy large trade surpluses, and that happens to be in the farm economy. Retaliation from China would add significant injury to an already hobbled farm economy. Prices are down 40% and farm income is down 50%, and we simply can't afford those numbers to get worse, the ASA says. Dr. Grant agrees and notes that U.S. exports $14 billion in soybeans to China annually. One of the reasons we're kind of opposed to this unilateral tariffs on steel and aluminum is that uh, other countries retaliate. We could retaliate on another set of products. They could retaliate on... Uh, on, on, a, on yet another different set, and it quickly becomes what, what economists refer to as a race to the bottom, and, and no one wins in that situation. So some of the products that we've heard um, that could be retaliated out of Europe, um, they're looking at, you know, cranberries and blueberries. Um, you know, that's a big uh, item in California. Uh, Kentucky bourbon, um, Harley-Davidson's, Levi's jeans, orange juice, uh, peanut butter, and um, and then out of China, potentially sorghum, maybe soybeans, although we're we're about an $18 billion, uh, excuse me, about $14 billion to, of U.S. exports of soybeans to China. So uh, that would that would be a real shame if if we got hit on soybeans. China buys 100 million tons of soybeans annually, which represents about 60 percent of the global trade, according to a report in The Wall Street Journal. Of that, roughly 30 million tons come from the U.S. This week's dealers on the move include H&R AgriPower and Miller Implement. Case IH dealer H&R AgriPower added two more locations in western Tennessee. The dealership has acquired Tri-County Farmers Equipment with locations in New Bern and Trenton, Tennessee. 
This brings H&R's total locations to 15 across five states. Miller Implement, a rural lifestyle dealership in St. Nazian, Wisconsin, has acquired Pro Motorsports of Fond du Lac. The new store will operate as Miller Implement and Pro Motorsports of Fond du Lac. Now here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. Technology adoption among farmers can be influenced by supply and demand for certain precision systems. While there are other variables farmers consider prior to purchasing hardware, there are general precision practices that apply to the majority of North American farms, including auto steer systems and GPS guidance. But buying decisions and objectives with precision technology can be dramatically different overseas. Brian Goggin spent 26 years with the USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service, including five years in the Southeast Balkan states where he helped introduce and advance conservation tillage practices and soil health principles into the region. Since retiring from the USDA in 2015, Goggin has headed up a grant-funded project to further educate and implement conservation practices onto large-scale farms in Bulgaria, some operations as large as 200,000 acres. Adoption of guidance, tools, and variable rate practices is checkered in the region, and Goggin says the primary precision objective for many farmers he works with is for security purposes. It's not widespread, but all these large farms, they have some element of precision. Telematics mostly to guide the tractors. And these farms are large, and of course, families are involved, but they have to depend upon hard labor. It's almost as if they use their precision for, you might say, security purposes, keep an eye on folks. Farmers sit down at their desk, there's always just an array of video being taken. Goggin adds that recording data and video is almost standard operating procedure to ensure safety and quality standards on large-scale operations. Although, one of the ongoing hurdles to increasing broader adoption of technology is training. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. Rocky Mountain Dealerships, Case IH's largest Canadian dealer group, reported its fourth quarter and year-end results on March 14th. For the quarter, total sales decreased 4.3% due to an $18.5 million decrease in used equipment sales year-over-year. The decline in used equipment sales was offset by an increase in new equipment, parts, and service revenues. For the full year, total sales increased 3.1% to $959.4 million compared to 2016. According to the dealership, despite flat sales growth over the last five years, streamlined costs and stronger margins have driven earnings growth. John Deere's largest Canadian dealership also reported its fourth quarter and year-end results this week. For the year, service equipment's revenues improved by 10% to $1.2 billion compared to 2016. President and CEO Graham Drake said the results were due to strengthen the dealership's ag segment and record new equipment sales in 2017. The off-highway powertrain activities of the UK's GKN Engineering Group, along with its GKN Driveline Automotive Business Unit, are to be combined with Dana Inc. in a new entity. With proforma sales of approximately $13.4 billion in 2017, the company will be the global leader in vehicle drive systems across all three major mobility markets, light vehicle, commercial vehicle, and off-highway. Under the Dana deal, the new entity will be called Dana PLC. The transaction arises from a hostile takeover bid for GKN PLC from a UK-based business restructuring specialist, which the Wall Street Journal report called a nasty battle for the British parts maker as the proposed takeover pits Dana against a bid from turnaround specialist Melrose Industries, which wants all of GKN in a hostile offer of $10.25 billion. 
In response to the Melrose takeover, GKN managers decided to raise cash, selling off business areas identified as being non-core and floated the prospect of separating its automotive and aerospace activities. Off-highway has been a declining sector for GKN, and other parts of the business, notably aerospace, have grown. In 2016, the group disbanded its GKN Land Systems Division in a $19.5 million restructuring. The new venture is expected to pull in $14 billion in annual revenues, with customers ranging from General Motors to agricultural equipment maker Deere & Company. Truck makers including Packer and Volvo are also customers. And now from the Implement & Tractor archives. This year marks 100 years since John Deere introduced the Waterloo Boy, which used a two-cylinder concept, replacing steam-powered tractors and shaped the next 40 years of tractor development. And now, folks, John Deere has another new tractor to show you. Thousands were sold and mechanized farming became a reality. A new conception of modern farming. Strong and long-lasting. Good work and long life in the toughest conditions. Will give the farmer everything he wants. Track-type power with a big future. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. <laughs>